Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, so if we haven't met, my name's Josh. I'm the campus pastor here at the Mission Hill campus. Um, it's so great to have you today. Now, I have a need this morning. My need is for somebody to raise their, their hand without asking any questions. All right, we got more volunteers than usual. Usually I say, I need a, I need a volunteer, and no one raises their hand. And so I tricked you. Bryson, you're up today. All right. I'm going to give you Cam's microphone, okay? So don't abuse it. All right. I'm going to have a series of questions for you. I need you to answer as quickly as possible. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You've got it. Thank you. All right. Favorite food? Pizza. Uh, dream vacation? Florida. Boo. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was favorite vacation. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's fine, too. Uh, favorite car or dream car? Mustang? Okay. Uh, favorite sports team? Favorite band? Um, Hanson. Hanson, okay. Yeah. Don't even. They're great. They're so Are Cheetos chips? Yes. Uh, Mac or PC? PC. All right, best kind of donut? Uh, the original kind. No, no glaze. Cake? Yeah. Or, okay, okay. Um, all right, how fat, or how should a steak be cooked? <laughs> yeah, not how fat should the steak be, how, how, how should the steak be cooked? Medium rare, correct. Okay, books or movies? Okay, thank you, Bryson. Give it up for Bryson. He got some things right, he got some things wrong. He said dream vacation is Florida. I live there, Bryson. That's true. <laughs> I lived in a swamp. The Florida Keys are different than, uh, than Lakeland, Florida, if you've ever been there. It's wonderful. There's really no reason to go unless you're passing between Orlando and Tampa. That's basically the only reason why you go to Lakeland. Um, or if you're going to college, those are the other, that's the other option. But one of the things I've noticed is that Proverbs seems like this, this book about like making wise decisions and making the right decisions. There's in this moment, do this. In this moment, do this. In this moment, do this. And we, we read the book of Proverbs, and we need to soak it in. And sometimes we soak it in well, and we answer the question, how should steak be cooked medium rare? You, you can cheer for that. That's the correct way to cook it. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of debate here, but Gordon Ramsay is on my side. <laughs> there's... There's things you get wrong, like Hanson being your favorite band. <laughs> I'm glad you chose to do this because I knew you could take a joke. Um, there's things you get right. There's things you get wrong. But overall, we look at the book of Proverbs, and it's teaching us how to make wise choices, good decisions. But I, I saw this in Proverbs chapter 4, and I couldn't help but look at it. And we're going to read the last few verses of Proverbs chapter 4. And here's what it says. 
Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk, stay away from corrupt speech, look straight ahead, and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet, and stay on that path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. And I think the most important thing about this section of verses, the most important thing here is guard your heart above all else. That Proverbs is a book of these wonderful sayings and and little tidbits of wisdom. But ultimately, our life, our heart must be a heart of character. Our heart must be a, a heart that is fully devoted to Christ. Because out of living a life, of having a heart that is fully devoted to Christ, we'll make those right decisions. We'll live wise lives. I think so much of our, our lives are caught up in like, how, what do I do next? What should I do next? What should I be? Who should I, or what should I go to school for? What career should I be in? And so much of the scriptures and so much of what Jesus is teaching is be like me and the right choices will come out of it. Now, the motives matter. Motives absolutely matter, and I think that's why it's so, uh, it's phrased this way, that uh, the heart, the heart. Because one verse in the Bible says this, the heart is, this, is the most deceitful of all things, and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? That's really uplifting from Jeremiah, huh? But we usually forget to read the rest of the quote. Like, you know how in school they taught you everything within the quotation marks is part of the quote? But in the Bible, we sometimes split up verses by by sentence rather than full quotes. Here's the second half of it. It says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I will give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Motives matter. The reason why we do things is as much the question as what we actually do. We must actually get to a place where we're doing the right things for the right reasons. You know, I, I've been watching this show, and it is, does not hold to uh, the Christian view of the afterlife. Um, it tries to be as vague as possible so that everybody watching it is not offended or whatever. And, and it's, it's very fun. It's a funny show. It's, it's hilarious, but... One thing I've noticed over and over again is the more they try to not point to the Christian viewpoint, they start pointing to the Christian viewpoint. Like no one's good enough to get into heaven. You can't do it on your own. But, but one of the things that I thought was interesting, I was watching an episode this week, and spoiler alert, if you watch The Good Place, this is a tiny spoiler. It is not consequential to the episode. Okay, but it was from this week. And this, the main character... They go, and this character is, is trying to get somebody to do the right thing. This character is trying to get another individual to do the right thing, and they're trying to get through to him, them to improve as a human being, to be a better human being. And they're like, well, we told them that the more good things you do, the better, like, heaven you get. And, and 
the person then starts doing the right things. And they have this interesting conversation. That's not important. That's not how the Bible works. So read the Bible. That's not how it works. But, but they try to get this person to do the right thing. And one of the things that she says, they're like, well, it isn't going to work because they're just doing it to try to gain points. And the person says, at first, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to just do things to do the, do the right thing so that I'm a good person, so I, I'm better and I have a better chance of this heaven. But then I started doing right things because they were right, because they were habits in my life. And we have to get to that place where we, we do some things that we don't want to do first that are the right thing. Because the more we do the right thing, the more our heart becomes in line with the, with the motives that those right things come out of. So do what is right. I know it's like a really simple like message today. Do what is right. And then in turn, your heart will change because you want to do what is right. Now, that verse says the heart is deceitful above all things. And then in he Hebrews chapter 4, it tells us this. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Just like we heard this morning. This morning, that scripture that was read out during worship, that, that was a moment where the scriptures informed what was going on, and, and it meant something new in this context. The word of God is always bringing something new to light in our lives. It's always doing something new. So for the, for, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. These motives matter. They matter so, so much. And the word of God is such the, the perfect tool to judge your life against, to compare your life with, to see as you read the scriptures go, well, the word of God, according to Hebrews, is living and active. It pierces between joints and marrow, soul and spirit. It, it tells us everything about us if we'll just read it and understand what it's saying. It calls us to account. So be in the word. Be reading the scriptures. So that you might live a right life. Now, I have a friend. You may have met her this morning. For example's sake, uh, let's call her Pastor Jenna from the Boulevard Campus hypothetically. I have a friend, and uh, she loves to get everyone lunch. However, she does not love to choose where she is going to give everyone lunch. She, she's a big fan of picking up lunch for the, for the staff on, like, staff any days and, like, and, like, bringing it back to the office so we can, we can keep working, and, like, it's awesome. She's very, very generous in that way. But she doesn't want to make the decision. Anybody have this person in your life that will not choose where to eat? I, I said raise your hand, not point at your spouse, okay? <laughs> Woo! All right. 
So you have this person, right? You have this indecisive person that you're like, what do you want to eat? And they're like, I don't know. And then inevitably it goes like this. Well, how about this place? And what do they say back to that? No, I don't really want to go to that place. So you do have an opinion, right? You do. You do have an opinion on where you're going. There's indecision. We have this indecision that's within us, and we're like, it's just food. Just pick something, anything, anything at all. Anything at all. And I think Adam and Eve were in this very, very similar position in the book of Genesis. In, <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be a joke, but thank you for laughing. <laughs> they were in a very similar... <laughs> oh, because it's food. I gotcha. All right. In, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Now imagine with me. There are endless opportunities to do good. There's endless opportunities out there that you can choose from that are all good. There's trees everywhere. It's God's perfect garden. He probably stocked it well. And there's one bad tree. And they choose from the one bad tree. If you imagine a garden full of things to eat, full of them, that must have been countless good decisions that they could have made, and they chose the one wrong one. And it's easy for us looking back later and going, but there was only one bad decision. Why couldn't you have just chose the good ones? But how often is that us? We go, we could do any of these good things. We can do any of them at all. We could, we could accomplish this for God or this for God or this for God or this for God or this for God. And we choose the one thing that he's like, hey, don't do this. It's for your own good that you don't do this. Just don't do it. And we choose it time and time and time again. That's what sin is. And I look at this verse constantly because I think about how in, in church we put so much emphasis on like calling. We put so much emphasis on like what I should do with my life. Like what has God specifically called me to do? And there's so much in the scriptures that tell us there's abundant good things to do. The, the gospels are full of wonderful ideas of ways to spend your life. They, they talk about taking care of the poor, feeding people. You even see Jesus teaching. You see all these wonderful things. You see you see Peter and James and John, they're fishermen. There's wonderful things you can do with your life. But sometimes we're paralyzed with this indecision that comes. 
because we don't know exactly what God has called us to be. And this is where I look back to that verse in Proverbs. I look back to it and I see him say, guard your heart above all things. And I go, it's so important to see that, that we develop the kind of character of Jesus. We develop who we are rather than this questionnaire that we give God about who, what we should do. It's way more important that we develop who we are. We develop into the character of Christ than to know where we're going to draw our paycheck from. I know we talk about Paul a lot, and it's really interesting. Did you know what Paul did for a living? He was a tent maker. He was a tent maker, right? Most of us think of like Paul as his full-time job was to be this missionary and to write these letters to the church. But like how he paid the bills was making tents. But that didn't stop him from doing what was good and what was right. Wherever you're at in your life, whether you feel like God's spoken to you clearly and you're like, you're to be this, that's awesome. Or if you feel like God hasn't really spoken clearly to you and is like, hey, I don't know what you're going to be. Well, God knows what you're going to be, but that's not... Like, you don't know what you're, where you're going to go with your life. That's okay. Be the kind of person that has pure motives, that has a heart that is in line with Jesus, that's ready to go and do whatever he calls you to. Whether that's in a moment of revelation or if that's through the scriptures. Because there's commands for all of us in the scriptures. Like, go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's a command for all of us. That's a calling for all of us. But every day, when you read Proverbs, when you read the Scripture, worry about the kind of character that God is calling you to. Be the kind of person that God is calling you to be. We talked, we, we read it last week, the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Be that. That's the character of Christ. That's the character of God. That's literally the fruit of the Holy Spirit being in our lives. Develop those things in our life. Develop those things and God will direct you on the path you need to go. God will get you where he wants you. But develop the kind of character that he can use you where he wants you. Develop that kind of character in your life. As the band comes up and we're going we're gonna to close. As you're reading through this, the Proverbs... There's these, all these little nuggets of wisdom to go along with your life. There's every bit these great moments that we can pull from. But no, ultimately, even though this was written beforehand, it's all pointing to Jesus. It's all pointing to the character and the behavior of Christ. 
If you want to know an example of what your life should look like, read the Gospels. What Jesus does, it's just good. It's right. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what it is. Be concerned about where your heart is. Not so much where your paycheck comes from. The heart matters most. Who you are matters most. And right decisions will flow out of it when your heart is in the right place. Let's pray. God, this morning... Give us pure hearts. That we would be people that have the character of Christ in us. We all fall short. We all fail. That comes with being human. But this morning, we want to make a decision that says, God, I'm going to be devoted to you. To being the kind of person that you can use wherever you need to use him. God, give us pure motives. And get us wherever you need us to be. God, on the theme of this morning, give us a life of gratitude. thankful for everything that you give. God, in your name we pray. Amen.